0: You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast. Welcome. I'm Lisa Joe Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. As usual, we are recording here at Christy's 100 year old farmhouse called Maplehurst, where we enjoy the fine smell of mushroom farms in the distance and an opportunity <laughs> to catch up in person. A few of my very favorite things are a pool of sunshine on a warm wooden floor ice cream sundays and carpool
1: karaoke lisa joe i love flowers i grew myself reading a book with a kid on my lap and picnics under a spreading tree. We also
0: really love you guys. We love this community and we love the chance every Wednesday to pop into your earbuds and spend the day with you. Whether you're driving kids to school, washing the dishes, catching up on somebody else's homework, finishing that work project, or working in your yard, why don't you take a moment right now, pause, scroll down, and click the subscribe button. We want to make sure you don't miss a single conversation with us. Now it's time.
1: Get comfy. Here we go. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, my friend.
0: Happy Easter, Happy Lisa Jo. Happy Happy Easter to all of our listeners. We hope whatever way you celebrated this past week was meaningful to you.
1: Mm, And you were just telling me a story about the first time you heard those words, that Easter greeting, except they sounded a little different, didn't they? I know, I know. I was thinking, you know, I didn't grow up
0: in um, a tradition where we would greet one another that way. Christ is risen, He is risen indeed. The first time I experienced that was when we were living in Ukraine, Peter and I lived there for two and a half years, and we attended a Nazarene church, Church of the Nazarene, which Peter's family grew up in. However, it was, you know, native language-speaking Church of the Nazarene, so everybody spoke Russian. So, I experienced it with people would say, Christos vos Christ is risen, and then people would respond, nu vos He is risen indeed. And um, the second part of that refrain, nu vos is hard to say, and so us English speakers would all rush to say the first part oh. <laughs> to be the first one was Because so so easier. easier, to say. so that we weren't expected to say the second half of the phrase <laughs> and you always knew you'd kind of made it when the old babushkas you know if you said and then they just smile at you you'd be like oh I, I nailed my accent Aww. I got it down Perfectly. So yes, a lot of my really precious Easter memories come from that season when we lived in Kiev, Ukraine. We were there because Peter had a fellowship to study um, language overseas. And we ended up staying for two and a half years because I got a job working for the United Nations on their anti-human trafficking projects. I still can't believe that you were there so long. I know. I we were only supposed to be there for 10 months. That's how long Pete's fellowship was. Mm. But this job I was able to do was just really such an amazing experience. And they kept they kept extending my contract. So we we ended up staying that long. And I think what made it I wouldn't say bearable because that's not true. <laughs> Ukraine it was an amazing experience, but what made it feel like such a rich experience w- was the friendships that we developed over there. And so as we shared in one of our previous episodes, you know, Peter's grandparents, the Hamiltons had connected us with this missionary family. So if you haven't heard that episode, it's definitely worth going back to listen to um that episode is episode 27 and it really unpacks friendship and for us these friendships were started because peter's darling grandparents who have never met somebody who isn't their best friend (laughs) had heard the missionaries the american missionaries who were stationed in kiev had spoken at their church and just of course grandpa hamilton had kept their information and when his grandkids were going to ukraine he had emailed them like they were long lost friends to let Mm. them know we were coming and those were the friends who agreed to meet us at the airport. Now, I don't know if I've ever told you this and we tease them about it now that we're, you know, we've all been friends for years, but when we landed in Ukraine, they were not there to meet us. Oh no. They completely forgot about oh, us. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> Quick pause, Christy, because as you know, we love to shine a spotlight on Friends of the Show in order to serve our listeners and offer resources that delight, serve, and hopefully excite our community. So here's today's spotlight. We're so delighted to partner with the folks at FabFitFun because four times a year, they deliver joy in a box. I kid you not, my friends, FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size, not the tiny little drugstore travel-size, nope, full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. They will send you a collection every quarter of the most beautifully curated beauty, skincare, fashion items to thrill and delight the eight-year-old girl inside of you. I am not even joking you. I'm sitting here with my first box. It was so much fun to open. I squealed. I literally squealed when I opened that box. It's so beautiful, just the exterior alone. Inside, a few of the favorite things that they had gathered up for me was the most beautiful travel pouch for all your toiletries. This is by Yumi Kim and it's called a hanging train case. It's essentially for all of your travel goodies, your toiletries, your hairbrush. Maybe you want to put your makeup in there and it's got a little hanger. You hang it up behind the bathroom door and you can see everything that you've brought with you. So pretty. It's pink with what I think is looks like sort of a DC cherry blossom vibe going on, and in the same vein, there's this really really pretty summer and rose Celine trinket dish. It's a little ceramic dish that I will now be keeping beside my bed to put my rings in every single night. Every month, you can expect to be surprised and delighted by what arrives in your Fab Fit Fun box. Typically, they retail for forty nine ninety nine, but everything inside the box always has a value of over two hundred bucks. However, For our listeners, you can use coupon code ORDINARY10 for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. You guys, if you want to give a future gift to yourself, if you want to treat yourself four times a year, this is the company to check out, FabFitFun fun they have all kinds of delightful brands that they feature like tart or kate somerville anthropology free people dr brand that's just the beginning don't miss out every quarter they sell out very quickly so check them out fabfitfun.com use the code ordinary 10 for 10 dollars off your first box we give you permission go ahead treat yourself okay back to the show It was quite an experience because, you know, I've lived overseas. I'm from South Africa originally. I've lived in the States. I've traveled a lot. And I felt like, oh, nothing can surprise me really about living overseas. But Eastern Europe is not like Western Europe. It is a very different experience. You really do feel really in the atmosphere, almost the lingering impact of communism, of socialism, of a place where religion was oppressed for a long time. It's it's changed the fabric of the culture there, mm. and so I remember us, Pete and I, flew from the states. We flew to the Netherlands to Amsterdam, and then from there we made our connection to the flight that would take us to Ukraine, to Borispol International Airport, and Aeroflot is the airline. And I remember as we were walking, you know, from the area where we landed. So the international flights coming in from the U.S. All the way across to the other side of Schiphol Airport, to the gate that would take us to Kiev. It was like we were crossing an unknown, invisible border. As we arrived at that gate, Everybody was speaking Russian. No Mm. one was speaking English. They were dressed in, you know, we tease our Ukrainian friends about this, but really like black, a lot of black, black leather coats, high heels, tight clothing, very stylish, very beautiful. The women, Um, the features are very different, Slavic sharper facial features, really beautiful people, but completely foreign to what we'd experienced in terms of their Real lack of familiarity, especially at that time. So this is over, you know, 15 years ago that we were there. Not so familiar with having foreigners come in and out of Mm. that part of the world. So everybody's speaking Russian. and Everybody is smoking. You're (laughs) totally not allowed to. They're not in a booth. They're just like standing smoking at the gate. And Pete and I looked at each other and I thought, oh, this is going to be different than I expected. Mm. And when we landed in Kiev, it's just... Kashmar, as they say in Russian, it's chaos. Everybody's speaking a mile a minute. Everybody seems to know where to go. There are no clear lines. It's organized chaos at all times. And all I can think is, well, as long as we can make it through customs... You know, these American friends will be waiting for us. And they weren't. Oh, we no. came through the gate <laughs> with all of our luggage, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, so American. Everything we're wearing is screaming, like, American. Western Americana! <laughs> you know, our sneakers and baseball caps. Yeah. And just all the clothes nobody would be caught dead wearing there. And um, I remember saying to Pete, oh, my gosh, like, where is Bob? Why aren't they here? And I sat down with the luggage and Peter, you know, this is the days before cell phones that you traveled with everywhere. Peter went to try to find a payphone to phone. People kept approaching me. And I, I understand now having lived there for two and a half years, they were trying to you know pitch taxi cabs to me or offer to take me to a hotel or mm. I had no clue. I didn't know what they were saying. I right. didn't. Know, I couldn't read any of the signs. I couldn't understand the conversations happening around me. So eventually Peter says, I can't get hold of Bob. I don't know what's going on. He gets us into a taxi cab, and I remember just thinking, "Oh my gosh, he is my personal Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible! Like he speaks <laughs> Russian, he can get us in a cab, he got us to a hotel." You, it's so strange checking into a hotel. You had to hand over your passport. You oh know, right, all these things. Yeah. You get the room key, and there's this huge discotheque in the basement floor. It's like mm. a huge party that went on all night, and we were up <laughs> yeah. in our room and. It was just so beautiful. We had this incredible view over the city, over the river that runs down the center of the city. It's called the Dnieper River. It's very beautiful. And Pete proceeded to continue to make phone calls. And we always laugh because he phoned our, to become friend, Bob, the missionary that Grandpa Hamilton had connected with. He phones Bob's house. Bob's wife, Colleen, answers. So this has become funny in retrospect. At the time, it was not because (laughs) Peter says to me, this woman answered the phone at Bob's house, but she doesn't speak English. She only speaks Russian. Of course, what we would learn about them is, of course, they speak Russian. All their friends are Russian. So, when uh. they answer the phone, they don't say, hi, it's Colleen Skinner. She's like, hola, it's Colleen. And Pete's like, um, hi. Oh, no. <laughs> and his broken Russian is trying They're to trying explain to to her. <laughs> who he is and, like, ask about Bob. And Colleen said at the time she thought... Wow, this guy's Russian is really bad. Why doesn't he just speak English to us? And we said to clean. Why didn't you just speak English to us? <laughs> what is wrong with you? And she kept telling him, no, no, in all in Russian. Bob's not here. Bob's at the church, and in Russian, Peter asked, like, what's the phone number for the church? And phoned the church. Finally, got a hold of Bob, and realized there'd been a misunderstanding. And we spent our first night in Ukraine in this hotel. Where I thought, what are we in for? Like, yeah. Have we stepped into a black and white movie? Like, what is happening? Oh. <laughs> and so the next morning, actually, Cliff, one of the other missionaries, came to pick us up. And it was so Comforting because he arrived in like stonewashed, you know, denim jeans, bright white sneakers, no, a t-shirt with <laughs> the name of the church on it and a baseball <laughs> cap, you know. And he's from the south. So he's like, Yo, hi, uh, good to see you. And he put us in his car to drive us over to the apartments. And there was, I remember we always laughed with him after this because you would never ever see this in Ukraine. But there was a like a lady jogging, you know, like you know, the way you might see in running in D.C. anywhere uh-huh. like but kind of doing skip jumps like really high knee jumps it's funny that I remember this because we never saw that again and Cliff pointed out the window and said see how happy people are to be in Ukraine oh. They're <laughs> skipping down the sidewalks <laughs> and in the future we always talked about that moment how like literally in two and a half years we never, never again saw a <laughs> <saw> person exercising <laughs> you know, to all my Ukrainian friends who are listening forgive me I'm not making fun we had the most meaningful time. There, really, and at the heart of it all was this church that we attended, uh. this Nazarene church in Kiev. It was on Studentskaya. it's a hard word to say, Studentskaya Strasse Street, and um, Ulitsa, wouldn't be Strasse, that would be German, so Studentskaya Ulitsa, and um we met all the people who had become family to us who all attended this church, and it was really the heart, the the nerve center of the work that they were doing, the community we became part of, the people who loved us, the lady who helped us find an apartment, the person who helped me find a job. I mean, everybody mm. was from this church, and uh, Colleen and… Her husband, Bob, and Cliff and his wife, Heika, were there with their families, but they hadn't founded the church. It was, you know, the church was led by Ukrainians, Ukrainian pastor. They were there to serve the church, and the church was also doing work, quite a lot of work with recovering alcoholics, recovering drug addicts. They had a lot of different projects across the country, and this is where we experienced Orthodox Easter for the first time, where mm-hmm. people said, Christos vos kries, vai nu vos kries. And in the beginning, when we attended church there, we couldn't even understand it, right? Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> we didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And we had a friend, uh, Slav- Slavik, would sit behind us and he would translate into mm-hmm. English what was happening, you know, what was being said, what was being preached about. But the reason this story just came back to me so powerfully in this, Easter season we've just been through is that as i stood there i was so aware of my foreignness hmm. and i grew up in a country that speaks multiple languages but i've never thought of them as a foreign language per se a because they were so familiar b because i spoke several of them mm-hmm. so in my mind they they just read like english mm-hmm. right But Russian, Russian is a very different language. And you stand there listening to them speak and then sing in Russian. And the pivotal moment for me was the Sunday they sang, How Great is Our God. You know that Chris Chris Tomlin song? How great is our God. Uh Sing with me. How great (laughs) is our God. They sang it in Russian. And I recognized it because, of course, I know that song. Uh. And so I could, you know. In my mind, know what they were saying because I was familiar with the English words. And Christy, it hit me for the very first time in my life. I am amazed to admit that God's first language is not necessarily English. Oh, I was like, oh, God understands this. Oh. Like in the same way that I could understand that song because I knew it in English. I realized. Oh, God is a native Russian speaker. God is not a foreigner. Mm. I am the foreigner. Mm. God is here. God lives in Ukraine. God lives in Kiev. He's so comfortable here. He knows what all these words mean Uh. that I don't know. (laughs) And it was a, a very humbling moment to realize God is just as comfortable in Kiev, Ukraine as He is in Owasso, Michigan, as He is in Pretoria, South Africa, as He is in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And it was a really a game-changing moment for me, and it brought to life scriptures that my whole life I've taken for granted, you know? There's that verse in John that we all talk about, the Word became flesh and lived among us, but the message translation says, the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Hmm. I love that so much because in that moment, I realized, oh, God lives in this neighborhood. Jesus lives here. This isn't, he's not on a missions trip here. Ah. He hasn't come to visit. He's not doing work in witness. This is his home. <laughs> his home
1: is here. He lives here. Yeah. He
0: he knows what Matrushka dolls are. He eats periogi. He yeah. drinks the coffee the way they drink it. If Jesus moved into the neighborhood, he would look like Slava, you know, mm-hmm. like he would fit mm-hmm. in here. And we, I am the foreigner here. Mm. And in that moment, the kingdom of God just seemed so much bigger than I had previously given it space to be, Mm. but also so much more intimate because it was the same God. As Mm. much as I struggled to understand the Cyrillic or read the words on the board or make sense of the sermon or figure out how to order food at a restaurant, (laughs) I had a God who was absolutely comfortable in Ukraine like a native. And so every Easter— it strikes me over again when I remember those words, Christos, Vos krias. You know, in the tourist markets in Kiev, you can buy these wooden eggs that people buy as decorations. And they're they're painted very beautifully. You can hang them on Christmas trees or in Easter, you can hang them on a tree for an Easter celebration. And they actually have the two Cyrillic alphabet letters for that Christos, Christ, Vos krias, is risen. It looks, in English, it would look like an X and a B painted on the eggs as a reminder of what it is that we're celebrating. And we brought a lot of those home with us. And every Christmas, we hang them on our Christmas tree. And I'm reminded and I tell the story to my kids of what they mean, of what the eggs stand for. And so really, it was that Easter for me that changed how I think about a God who really moved into the neighborhood of our world and died for everybody in it. Because all of us are family to him. All of us are neighbors to him. And so after we had left Ukraine, I actually Googled Christ is risen, he is risen indeed in. And you can actually type in, you know, in every language. Okay. And it'll just pull up like, you know, I don't know how many languages are in the world. I mean, just a list upon list upon list of how to say this phrase in all these different languages. Oh, I love that. And it was so meaningful to me to realize like— Jesus isn't a tourist, mm-hmm. right? Anywhere he's not anywhere, a tourist anywhere. He's not a tourist. He is mm. at home. He moved into the neighborhood mm. with us to know us, so that we could all say in our native tongue, which is his native tongue, "Christ is risen." He is risen. He's indeed. risen
1: indeed. Do you know that I have some of those Ukrainian eggs that I hang up every year? I do. I have quite a few given to me by my parents after their trip to Kiev uh, quite a few years ago. But you can tell me exactly how long it was because (laughs) when they went to make that trip, I told my mom... My friend Lisa Joe, <laughs> and her husband Peter live there. You should see them. You should meet them. So wild. And they did. So In my wild. memory, I don't know if you recall this, but I think you, my mom and dad, who you'd never met before. No, would never met them. I think they went to dinner with you at
0: a... You no, know, I think it was like, this is so random that it was a TGI Friday's. I think it was. And it's because it's the only restaurant at the time, uh-huh. so I'm sure it's changed since then, At the only Western restaurant Mm. um, other than McDonald's Mm -hmm. that was in Kiev. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was such a treat to go because it was insanely expensive. Ah, sure. And so it was very rare that we would go. But um, yes, we went with them. I feel like they treated us. I was about to
1: ask, I hope they treated you.
0: And I mean, anytime we went, it was so exciting. I actually remember they on certain days of the week would have baked potato soup. And it's funny how like certain soups make me think of home, like Panera. Like, of course, I love all the other food. But that soup, I loved it so much. And I tried to find out like what day of the week they served it regularly. And then every Tuesday I would try and go, but of course it's Ukraine, so that wouldn't be, you know? And and they would be like, oh yeah, no, we decided not to make that today. So I could never, I was always the crazy American who called every week to find out if they had baked potato soup that week. <laughs> but yes, your parents were comfortable in their skin yeah. in Ukraine, in a place that took us a while to figure out how mm. to be ourselves there.
1: I feel like for a long time, because, of course, those were earlier years in our relationship. So for a long time, if I was talking about you to my parents or my mom, I would say, remember my friend Lisa Joe, You had dinner with her in kids. <laughs> <Yes, to>, I, <laughs> I know, I totally say, oh, yes, do that reference course, point, course. yes. Yeah, I love that, that you had that moment together. And it's true. So I have never lived overseas. I mean, I've traveled a bit. I did some studying in Europe for graduate school, but I've never had these experiences like you living in another country, or as you have now. I mean, you're right now living in a country that isn't the country you were born to. Um, But because my parents were just, well, just who they are, but because they also were in sort of formal uh, Christian ministry, um, they worked, as I was growing up, Primarily with college students, and um, especially with international students who were coming to our local university from all over the world. And in my memory, it would go in waves. Like there would be whole periods where all of the students in our lives were from Indonesia, and then there would be periods where all of the students in our lives were from Russia, <laughs> or and it would shift and change like that, and. The reason it's so, I can recall it so viscerally is because the food in our lives. <laughs> oh, change. there you go. And uh, I can remember one time, and it's probably good that I don't actually remember the country. So I will not uh, hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> when I say I can remember being young and opening the refrigerator and seeing some things in there <laughs> that so disturbed me. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh no, mom is going to make us eat this stuff. <laughs> and I didn't want. Too. <laughs> because my parents would, but then I have memories, especially um, of the Indonesian food. The Indonesian students in my memory were mm, often cooking yum. for us and and um, gathering together in these um, just wonderful gatherings where food was a you know just a central part of it. I remember um, their peanut sauce that they would make for their chicken dishes mm. and their fried rice. And uh, I mean, I was young, but it was eye opening for me because it was so tasty. Yeah, that is the best part about having lots of friends from different cultures is the
0: benefit of the food. Even our home group right now has people from so many different countries Mm. that it is the best kind of smorgasbord (laughs) every other Tuesday.
1: But I love thinking about how the Jesus who is a native speaker of all those languages is a native, um, like these foods are native to him too. Like these foods are special to him too. Our special foods are his special foods. And And isn't it nice that we have a God who, who
0: has taste buds and <laughs> yeah. ate meals. And we know he did yeah. and gave his food to his friends. Like he, he's inhabited this space in such a visceral way. He's walked in our literal feet and skin and bones and has eaten and drunk and had things he liked and things he probably didn't like. I just love that we worship a God who mm-hmm. couldn't appreciate a good plate of fried rice. Mm-hmm. You know, I love
1: that. And I I have to think now that a part of following Jesus and of getting to know of getting to of learning to recognize his face in all kinds of people all mm. around the world, right? We have to learn to see him. We we can't just rely only on our sort of fixed ideas right. about him or right. or even just our inherited views of him, but we have to learn to recognize him in the world. And I feel like you began to do that as you traveled the world, and then you had that epiphany of recognition in that church in, in, in Ukraine. And I think it maybe began for me as my parents, um, because they loved Jesus, they opened the door again and again to these students coming from so many places. And it was often for me, and I think for them, awkward, Mm. hard, um, cultural differences can be tricky. (laughs) They can make us feel uncomfortable. But I saw my parents be uncomfortable And move beyond it Mm. to extend that welcome to students who were so far from their homes and families. And and yet they found a kind of home and family in in my parents' home. And the way that my parents encouraged us, their kids, to participate, to be a part Mm. of that, to receive from these students, to receive not only their food, but their their friendship. And I think in doing that, they helped plant that seed for me to, to recognize, even though at that age I hadn't traveled to know, oh, Jesus lives all over the world. Right. Not just here in College right. Station, Isn't Texas. That great. <laughs> oh, no, he's
0: not a tourist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so
0: beautiful. And I think about you and John and how you've in many ways modeled that here at Maplehurst. You know, and I I wonder if it's why it was easier for us to become friends. You know, I think when you and I first met, I had a much ah. stronger accent still. I was I a lot closer to my South African roots than I am now. And it just It was so easy to become friends. But I look at how you live here now and how your home, much like your parents, is just a constant train station of (laughs) people. who pass through. Uh I mean, really from all kinds of interesting and unique backgrounds and walks of life and um, zip codes who will just come and spend time. And you guys Mm -hmm. have just opened your home and created a space where you've welcomed them in to move into the neighborhood with Mm -hmm. you. And I just think… That's so much of what Jesus asks us to do. The example that He gave us, I see you and John just live out in so many ways here.
1: Mm, I'm glad you say that because I, I love being rooted. I love being a homebody. Uh, you know, it's who I am, and I feel so much comfort in my own home. But um, it can be easy to think that I am. Um, Either missing out or not, maybe exposing my kids to you know these cultural experiences around the world that I could if I you know weren't so rooted in this place. If we could travel more, mm-hmm. or, you know, um, you know, do things like that. But you're right that in it, it can look like that, or it can look like staying home and saying, "Lord, we're here and we're willing to share what we have." Send who you will
0: (laughs) because people need that we needed those friends who opened their home to us in ukraine and i remember i remember cliff saying to pete okay get out your notepad we're gonna teach you some important russian phrases you know here's the bus stop you need to know here's the metro you're gonna use the most okay now this is very important peter here is how you order pizza so it comes American style. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, they taught us the Russian phrases for how to order pizza the way we like it or how mm. to get the closest to pepperoni on a pizza, how to ask for that in Russian. All of those were them making place for us, making home for us, mm. making us feel loved and seen and welcome um, offering familiarity to us mm-hmm. in an environment that was very unfamiliar. And I think you do that here. I think about every time I come here that this bedroom on the third floor and the flannel sheets you have on in the winter and the light sheets you have on in the summertime. And I think about how there's always drinks in the fridge up here or coffee available or fresh towels or a hairdryer, even mm-hmm. though you don't use a hairdryer. because yours is <laughs> so short. There's always one for me. I think about that when I think about being a neighbor, because being a neighbor, especially moving into the neighbor, requires you to inconvenience yourself to a a degree. And we know that about Jesus. We know He gave up everything. He gave up everything He was entitled to, rightly entitled to, not just things He wanted to demand, which is us most of the time, things that were His actual title, he stepped out of in order to come and make a space for us so that one day he could take us home to the place he makes for us because he came to know us in person and so those days of standing in that church in in kiev have been so meaningful to me but in many ways no less meaningful than on this you know this Few weeks back on Ash Wednesday, when I was standing with you in your church here, mm. in a faith tradition that isn't my own, that mm. I didn't grow up in, celebrating in a way where I did have to look around and wonder how, mm. how do you stand? How do you receive the ashes? How do we dip? You know, the communion bread? Do you dip it? Do you sip the cup? You know, mm-hmm. in many ways that was foreign to me. But here it is, right in your neighborhood. You mm-hmm. know, we are constantly invited by God into the richness and the fullness of His kingdom of that has many neighborhoods
1: in mm. it, but where Jesus is not a tourist in any of them. <laughs> and I hope each week as we continue this podcast into the spring and summer uh, that we are, through these conversations, we're welcoming our listeners into our neighborhood mm. and quite literally up here into this little room on the third floor. And I hope uh, that you all listening, that you will feel included, that uh, if you want, you'll take the time to find us on Instagram or leave a review and tell us some of your story, so that we can we can we can know. Okay, what does Jesus look like in your neighborhood today? Where do you see him? I want to know. I want to hear those stories from those who are listening, and we mean it. We we mean that literally, and we read the notes you leave us. We follow
0: when you tag us on Instagram. We follow back to your accounts to see who you are. Because we want to honor the Jesus in you. We want to look into your eyes and into your life and know, my goodness, there He is again. There He is. What an honor to get to meet Him every time we meet one of you.